Welcome to Full of Scope, a podcast with two guys in their 20s giving their perspective on the games that we love, headlines of pop culture, the main mind at all. I'm your host, Wenza Burns, with my counterpart, Savon Morris. How's it going, man? It's going pretty going good, really man. Good. And, and for, for this first episode of, of the new year, um, we're joined by a special guest, Mr. Johnny Meads, a former linebacker in the NFL for the Houston Oilers and Washington Redskins. Uh, thank you so much for being back on, sir. But thank, but Mr. Johnny, thank you so much for for, for being on this episode. No problem. I appreciate you guys inviting me once again. It's been a minute. Yeah, yeah, it definitely has. Um, and for this episode, we, we have a lot of topics to get into. Um, for the NFL college football for pre- previewing the upcoming national championship. In the second half, we're going to do some album reviews. But to start off with, just the major scare and unprecedented concern of the the, the Demar Hamlin situation, and just mm-hmm. you know how this Im- impacted perspective on players a healthy. A, a player's health. This this past Monday night, um, Hamlin was in a crit- crit- critical condition in the hospital after going into cardiac arrest during the game against Cincinnati. Team officials said in a statement early Tuesday that Demar Hamlin's heart um, stopped after he, he was hit during a play in the first quarter. Um, there have been updates on on, on him uh, uh, doing do, doing better, uh, but still in critical condition. And there's been uh, talk about the league, you know, just kind of you know forgetting this game, not replaying it, um, not even trying to pick it back up, and just moving forward for the season. Um, but to you, Johnny, like, what were yeah. like, what did you feel like when you saw that that whole thing transpire, um, and just the major scare it caused for everybody? It was obviously like everybody was saying. You know, we stopped um, in our tracks looking at what had transpired with all of the, um, you know, the faces of the guys that were that were on the field, and um, making you think, obviously, about the young man and and you know, his well-being, uh, his health is just um, something you have to take, obviously, into perspective and think about, stop and, and really realize that, um, you know, it, it can be um, a situation where it's easily um, a case where your your livelihood, his as a, uh, as a football yeah. player, uh, can be quickly taken away. Not to mention the, the the biggest aspect of it is this, you know, the virtually the whole world watching, you know, it's, right. it's, yeah, that's exactly. the, yeah, that's the hugest, the, 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 the huge thing that, that, um, you know, I thought, and of course it happens all the time, you know, where nobody's, you know, around and, and something happens to someone like that, but for it to be in front of, you know, such a large crowd and then the, uh, such a large event, it it really really um, yeah. put a scare into everybody, and I was just listening to it. One one more thing, uh, the the updates that were going on, and it's just uh, it's it's thankful that uh, we're, we're thankful that he's uh, he is improving in his yeah. condition. Absolutely, yes. Um, for you, Savon, what, how did you feel about it when you first saw it, and obviously just the uncertainty in that moment, and also what was gonna what was gonna happen after everything transpired. Right. It instantly became bigger than football. And you see that just a normal play hitting a guy and then he just pauses and he just collapsed. That's I've seen people tear the ACLs, uh, get hit, get, you know, concussions, you know, probably tweak a tweak an ankle, have shin like shin splints. But I've never seen someone collapse on a football field like that. That was very scary. Instantly became bigger than football. I do agree. Don't even worry about playing this game. It's bigger than football at this point. I think we. I think the Bills would have won anyways. Just to throw that out there. 
But um, <laughs> <laughs> I think it's bigger than football. I think you just his health yeah. is is bigger. It's bigger than it, man. And I'm just I'm just glad that he's continuing to progress and being able to. And then it's funny. I saw that uh, he asked the, the doctors on paper like who won yeah. the game. That is an athlete one on one. That's a competitor. Yeah, that's I probably would ask the same thing. Coming like, hey yo, who won? Like, did we win? Like, okay, but no, but just health is it's bigger than football. Yeah, it's definitely absolutely. Bigger. And also, like, to you, Mr. Johnny, like, seeing the things that happen to players after they're in the game and just the, the concussion issues and just, like, how it's tough for them to deal with life after football. Like, what are some of the biggest challenges for players yeah. that, that have to deal with that life after football and just all, of, all the hits and, and, and kind of pounding that, that, they, that they really take um, throughout their career? You, in this day and age, it's, it's a lot that's been um said about it um as as older players i'm i'm right in that in that era where there you you become so much more aware of it right so since the the um yeah. the concussion protocol has been put into place since you know there were um you know situations where the the league uh has a lawsuit the massive lawsuit about concussions out there right. Um, it's yeah. so much more that's that's been put on us as players and uh, particularly former players. I mean, you can't even imagine how many times, you know, I've had to go down to Miami or go over to uh, Jacksonville or go to, you know, uh, L.A. for, oh, you've been called to have, you know, some, uh, some you know, right. it's not surgery, but just just tests to, to yeah. see what um, what your neurocognitive, you know, um, situation is at this point, and what what we're doing now is as um, you know former players is you're you're constantly you know checking out where you are, and of course some players are um, you know much worse than others. I, I'm thankful that you know to this point uh, I've not had you know anything that's been uh, a major neurocognitive uh, issue. I've been functioning fine, but there's mm. so many of us, man, that are uh, that are out there. That yeah. That's what that's what the situation is now. They're, they're shedding so 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 much more light on this uh, this concussion issue um, from the standpoint of you know letting us know you know where you are, and at the same time, <laughs> a lot of us you know I talked to a lot of our former players, and and we get together. We kind of joke about it to to uh, some degree, but um it's a case where it's really really scary to think okay this is what's you know yeah. happening or could right. possibly happen to you you can you know slowly you know from the from the hits and and um you know the things that you do out there on the field you mm -hmm. can slowly go into you know this um all the things that that surrounds this uh CTE situation yeah, exactly. and, and that's why they they're mm -hmm. putting so much more emphasis on it and in doing so, you're thinking about it a lot more. Is what the deal is. You're yeah, thinking about no, it as sure, individuals. Yeah. A lot of us are. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm -hmm. and, and before we move on to college football, obviously with the with the season that 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 we've been seeing so far, um, to you, Mr. Johnny, like, what are your what teams have kind of like stood out to you the most in terms of like who's been impressive and also maybe the ones that have been kind of disappointing um, up to this point of the year. Interestingly enough, uh, for me, it's um, I'm 
I think you, Savon, you're you're a Chiefs fan, right? Packers. Oh, no. Oh, no. no, 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 no. Oh, you, you, you Green Bay. Green Bay. I'm playing a Green Bay. Green Bay is the one that I'm hoping. I'm hoping that they can pull something out. And you know, I like in. the underdogs, guys. Fingers you know, crossed. I wasn't. Fingers crossed. I remember Savon. I hadn't been on in so long. I forget the teams. You guys hadn't invited me. Oh, uh, no. in a while. I mean, that's all. <laughs> no, but, uh, fingers, fingers crossed that we get into the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. That's the fingers crossed because I gave oh, up yeah. probably night game of the Save season. I'm gonna lie to you. <laughs> hey, 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 hey! What is the surprise, though? Um, you know, along with hoping that um, Dallas would come along, and gosh, there's a lot of there's a lot of uh, points to this. Dallas would come along yeah. and and give the the um, the Eagles a challenge. You know what I mean? In that yeah. uh, NFC East, not yeah. to mention, I'm talking about the underdog team, not to mention in the up and coming teams like the Giants. I mean, all of those teams, man, yeah. are, are the ones that's on my, you know, radar as, you know, the kind of teams that, you know, can kind of do some, do some damage here coming down the stretch or at the end of the season or because they're in the playoffs. It's going to be interesting with those teams. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, uh, Savon. Can the are the Packers going to make the playoffs uh, versus Detroit? Well, I hope so. I hope so. I think we could beat Detroit. I think Detroit oh is God. on a winning streak right now. But I think we've have found the groove. It, I think we found a groove. I think Aaron Rodgers is tr- finally figuring out how to throw his wide receivers open and have that connection with these young wide receivers. And defense really well. is playing really, really well, especially the second. And just we have a lot of injuries still right, on the right. defensive side. We have Rashawn, Rashawn Gary's out. We have a, a couple guys in the back. Amos is still banged up. So, but to be able to shut down Justin Jefferson the way they did, hats off That's to Jair, Jair uh, Alexander. Yeah, yeah tall Taz. And it just seems like a yeah, I think it's going to the right direction. And I think Detroit, you they're gonna go eight and nine. So <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Um, and after listening to college football, obviously with, with TCU's thrilling win versus Michigan and, and kind of how they surprised I'm I, 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 I I getting over them. They won 51 to 45 in the first CFP game at the Fiesta Bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max Duggan had four touchdowns. TCU returned two interceptions for scores. And they also, you know, will get a furious rally for Michigan in the second half. Um, and, and looking at this, this team and also this win all year that they've kind of been doubted in, in many parts, but still they've been resilient. Uh, Max Duggar has been uh, 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 Max Duggar has been a, a, just a ferocious leader throughout many yeah. times when they've been down. Yeah. Uh, to you, Mr. Johnny, like what stood out to you in this win and just kind of you know how this game played out? Well, th- their resilience. I mean, and and yeah. not not being intimidated by by uh, Michigan and their um, what was it thirteen and zero or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Not being intimidated by that and and. You know, I know. Um, you know, TCU has been a a, a perennial team down here, mm-hmm. um, but uh, teams up there and teams around the around the country didn't know. You know, the the uh, I mean, in their in their conference, they've been they've been pretty good, but teams didn't know just how good yeah. they are. They were in in coming um, in the, on that national stage, and they just showed. You know the type of team that they are yeah. as far as, um, you know, coming in and handling a team like, which I, I, I'll be honest with you. I did not mind TCU winning. I like 
the idea that they did, uh, although I was not thinking that they would. Right, you know? yeah. I don't um, think <laughs> not no. many were they, picking them. <laughs> they, uh, you know, like, you know, people mm-hmm. thinking if, if since they, um, you know, were in this, uh, I guess in this, this uh, now it's just four team, this four team hunt. Mm-hmm. I didn't think they, um, a lot of people didn't think that they would be one of the teams that would come out of it. But it is a a, a, a pleasant surprise. Yeah. Although I, I kind of wanted Switch it to, up. Yeah. <laughs> a different team. Yeah. Yeah, very yeah. much so. Very much so. Yeah, absolutely. To, to, to you, Savon, what stood out to you in, in, in this in this game? Because like there were moments where Michigan could have come back and won it, but TCU they found a way to close it out, and this was an extremely you know high high scoring matchup. Yeah. Well, Michigan fumbled the bag literally. It it comes down to red zone points. They're in the red zone six and seven times. Come out with six points. The first drive they go go four for the the play calling was questionable in the red zone. Why would you do a double reverse and you're on the hash inch line one yard line quarterback sneak? You have a higher percentage chance of getting a touchdown with a quarterback sneak. Keep it simple. I think in the big moments in the red zone they outplayed themselves. Uh, it should have been a touchdown referees overturn it and then you go into uh fumble the next play so it, it came down to the red zone points and making mistakes when they should never make mistakes tcu played a good game but michigan beat themselves i'm just gonna say it michigan beat themselves we already know duggan was gonna be ter- you know terrific he's gonna run the yeah. ball he's a dual threat quarterback we already knew that but michigan fumbled the ball and also, I didn't know Corman was out before before the podcast. I thought he was actually playing, but then I see him in crutches. I'm like, okay, right. the running game yeah. is not going to be mm-hmm. as potent as it normally is. That was a big thing too. They tried to go with Edwards. I think yeah. he had you know 23 attempts, 119 yards. But I think if Corum was there, that's a, a different one-two punch. Now you have to bring the safeties down. Now you stack in the box. Now you got outside guys one-on-one. And I think their wide receiver was more than enough to beat the TCU, but the running game wasn't as potent as it was yeah. if Corum was there. Absolutely. And yeah. also, like, when you look at to, – to you, Mr. Johnny, what do you think Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh will do next? Some have said he might take the Denver job with obviously with the Broncos coach being fired and maybe, you know, team up with Russell Wilson. How, how yeah. do you think he's going to approach his next year or do you feel as though he wants to come back from Michigan and see, you know, what what type of run they can go on again? It, it's um, it's 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 two things actually. With with him, he wants to, as we probably heard, you guys have probably heard, want to have um, you know, take care of some unfinished business here in the in the NFL. Maybe going yeah. back to uh, the NFL and winning a a Super Bowl like he was not able to do when he was with the Forty ers but um. I, it's, it's, it's a, it's a hard one for me to, to determine. There are some uh, yeah. obvious options for him as a coach. He, he, I think he's an excellent coach. I think he would be a, a good fit for not only the Broncos, but the, the Colts as well that have been, uh, been looking at him. Yeah. He yeah. played with them, played against them when he was with the Colts. And, um, you know, that might be a, a good idea for him. So he has, you know, he has quite a few options. I think uh, uh, at least a couple of really, really good options. At yeah, this he's got point some good ones. Yeah, that would uh, that would be satisfying yeah, no, for, sure. for him. But I, I really don't know what he's going to do. I, I think, gosh, if he's saying he's got unfinished business to come back to the NFL and win a Super Bowl, he just now 
you know, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's a hard one for me to call. It's a really difficult one for me to call. What do you think, Savon? I think you should stay. I mean, you're you're one inch away from going to the playoffs and trying to you know go for a national championship. You've been with Big Blue for five plus years now. You're starting to finally create that. That, Ohio that, State that niche and bringing that culture, yeah. yeah, be Ohio State. But it's I think he got to do more in college football. There's some coaches that are great for NCAA, and there's some coaches that are great for NFL. Yeah. NFL, and some are both. But I think Jim Harbaugh is you a college so? coaching. I'm not 100. He's a he's a college type coach, but I think he's I he's, don't know. He's NFL quality. You know, there there's some coaches like you say, yeah. Savon, that that are college coaches. He can do both, and I. But I think because of the type of um, coaching that he, the 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 coaching pedigree that he has, yeah, I think he's more of a, um, you know, an NFL. In my opinion, he's more of an right. NFL coach that that has yeah. taken his game with Stanford, and don't, don't forget San, San Jose State when he took them yeah. to you know, yeah, uh, right. prominence. Um, mm-hmm. He he can do some things in college, but I, man, I, he would do so much. He could do so much on on the NFL level, in my opinion. Yeah, wait and see. Wait and see. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah. No, for sure. He better yeah, make a move absolutely. here shortly. Sean Payne's out there. Sean Payne's what, gonna come back thing. too. I'm sorry. Say so Sean Payne. Sean Payne's oh, gonna yeah. come back too. Sean yeah. McVay's yeah. trying to come back. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I think it's just a case where he. Um, he needs to get some uh, some things together, like we like you said, Sivan, in um, in Ann Arbor. Mm-hmm. It's gosh, it's a tough call. Yeah, That's it really, yeah, call. really, it is. Yeah, definitely. Um, and, and now moving on to, to Georgia's you mm. know dramatic win versus Ohio State, um, and them pulling this off, you know, off of a rally in the fourth quarter. They they won forty two to forty one at the Peach Bowl. Um, after being down thirty eight to twenty four, Stetson Bennett capped off um, Georgia's final comeback with, with a ten yard last minute scoring pass um, to Adonai Mitchell, and this also gives the Bulldogs, you know, the chance to repeat. And for most of the game, it really felt as though Ohio State was going to win it. They thoroughly outplayed them, um, and, and especially when you saw that fourth and one when they were going to go for it, then Kirby Smart spotted it. That was yeah. to me like one of the biggest plays of the entire game for why they came back. Um, to you, Mister Johnny, what were your thoughts on this matchup? Um, and just I mean, it, it literally went down to the, to the last seconds, and, and yeah. you, you can make a case for Ohio State yeah. if you want it, but Georgia found a way to, to, to pull I, it off. I, I love Ohio State's, you know, their grit and yeah. them coming back, but it was it was simple. It, I hate to put it that simple, but it's just a simply a, a, a missed kick. Uh, you know, just missing the field goal yeah. made – I mean, that's all it is. And, you know, we, we – I don't like never like – you know, we just never like kickers because they can do things like that. Um, but that's what it, that's what it um, simply boiled down to for yeah. me. Just a miss kick, and and uh, just like um, Michigan would be going home, you know, Georgia would be going home if it wasn't for a simple miss kick. That's I mean, it's, it, it it was yeah, it was no. it was um, it was very very interesting to see how uh, the quarterback for Ohio State just methodically played and and you know took his team. To to uh, because that was a deal, just like we do in the NFL. Like, don't mm-hmm. leave that much time on the clock. Oh yeah, and can't do that. They, when when, when he saw that, we saw it on the sideline. I did saw it on the sideline. That's what he was hoping they're gonna uh, score. You know, 
quickly enough and leave us with some time on the clock. And he, I think he did an outstanding job as far as, um, you know, bringing his team back and, and putting them in position to win. It was just a simple uh, miss of a field goal that, uh, that had them going home. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so you say, Ron, what were your, your thoughts on how this game ended and also just all the different variables in it? Obviously, the, 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 the missed kick is, is the biggest thing, the side of the game. But, but, but yeah, how, did, yeah. how did you feel as though um, the, 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 what really decided the fourth quarter playing, playing out the way it did? Did not expect this to go down to the wire. What we talked yeah. about with me, you, and Tyler on the podcast prior, did not think it was going to go down. I knew uh, Stroud was is going to play a good game, but I didn't foresee him playing an excellent game. He was oh he was spot on, precise, moving through the pocket, trusting his offensive line, and talk about his wide receivers. I already knew Marvin Harrison Jr. was going to go crazy, but I didn't know – Egbuku or whatever his name, you know, Mbaku is Lakatu. I didn't know he was going to go that crazy. But when you, I think they were trying to double Marvin Harrison a little bit, which is going to leave one on one coverage with the with the with the other receiver. And he he ate he ate the entire game. But it just Stetson Bennett looked like he wasn't ready for the moment. Like he was he was too pumped for the moment, but he 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 had to calm down. That interception right after Ohio State goes and score and throws the interception quick and not letting it read, read the and trusting his offensive line. It just it didn't that seem like the seen. regular Stetson yeah. Bennett that we've seen all year, mm-hmm. right? And we we talked I talked about uh a team being perfect to be able to beat. Georgia Bulldogs. They played, yeah. they, they played perfect football, and it came down to the wire, and they missed the field goal. So, woo, Georgia Bulldogs. It was a very yeah. good game. Ooh, very good yeah. game to watch. In Ohio State. Very, very good that, game. That quarterback, yes, you know, said some. He was. I, I when I looked at him prior to the game, when when you see a guy just in that what seemed to be in a zone. He played like it, right, guys? Right. Whenever you know he he lined up and started, he did a a, a magnificent job as far as getting uh, getting his team in position to win. Uh, he did everything all all game yes. long, and then not to mention the, the the latter part of the game to get them in position to win. Absolutely. Um, and, and now yeah. getting into which I mean I don't think mo- most of us picked Georgia TCU uh, by the end of the year, but but for this national championship. I mean, obviously, CCU, they, they have one of the best quarterbacks in the country with Max Duggan. Um, you know, he, he led the Big 12, yeah. ranked 10th in passing efficiency, plus a, a 27 a career a rushing touchdowns. Um, and, and like we talked about many times, uh, uh, Savon, with, with Georgia, their tight ends, what they have there is just, it, it's really phenomenal. Um, yeah. and, and it just really stands out to you. But to, to you, Mr. Uh, Johnny, what do you feel as though will kind of be the key elements and X factors uh, for this championship and what will decide it? Wow. Um, the, the, it's always it always obviously comes down to the quarterback, right. um, you know, yeah. with with the 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 kid from TCU being as poised and and ready for the moment mm-hmm. as he has shown virtually all year. Right. Um, you know, I think Stetson Bennett will, as you said, he didn't play up to it, Savon, to what you thought Stetson Bennett should play um, in the game against Ohio State, but I mm-hmm. think. You know, that being said, he's going to come. This kid's uh, he's been um, the the TCU quarterback. It's been his year this year. But, you know, Stetson Bennett, this has been the things that he's done, you know, since, 
you know, walking on, you know, uh, as a, as a, as a quarterback and, and, mm. you know, being the, the uh, unsung guy, you know, too small, all those kinds of things. Right. I think right. he's going to, I think he's going to rise to the challenge. Um, and, and they know, I think Georgia know they didn't play their best game. And I think they're, they're going to hopefully put that out there. Um, you know, put their best game out there, seeing as they, they got that opportunity from that missed kick, that missed field goal. They're going to, you know, assess things and see that they they um, could and uh, probably should play a lot better. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, to to yeah. you, Savon, what do you think um, will decide this matchup and kind of like, you know, the, the players and maybe X factors uh, that stand out to you in this one? So we're going to look at what they did to beat Michigan, right? And we, we talked about right. the red zone play, them not, you know, Michigan not being able to capitalize on red zone points and being in that. And you look at Georgia, who's the number one red zone offense in all college football. And like we, Mr. Me just said that they didn't play up to their abilities. They've been to the yeah. national championship before. They, they knocked off the top guy, Alabama last year, 33-18, I believe. So I think Georgia knows what to do to get there. Obviously, they're there, and they know how to win that game. I expect Stetson Bennett to be the Stetson Bennett that we've seen all year. Poised game manager, trusting his offensive line, leading on the tight ends, leading on the running game, and trick plays. Georgia loves running trick plays, and they're really, really good at it. We saw that in the opening game against yeah. Oregon. They love getting their, their playmakers the ball in their hands. So I'm – TCU is going to have to keep up. Can they do this a second time around? They they got lucky, I believe, with Michigan. Can they get lucky with uh, the Georgia Bulldogs? Can they be perfect against the, the Georgia Bulldogs? One thing is, is um, Kirby Smart. That, 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 that's going to be the a, a big X factor. I mean, he, yeah. being the coach yeah. that's been there and done that, along with what you said, said, Savon, you know, being in that moment now, having been there, um, that's going to be where Kirby Smart also has his team to rise to the occasion. I think he's yes. going to be an X factor in this yes. in this deal. And, and I mean, if if Georgia does pull this off, I mean, it's it's been rare for the last several years for us to see back to back champions in college football. Like, do you feel as though, like Mr. Johnny, when you look at this Georgia team, do you feel as though they can have the semblance of possibly being like the new feared team in college football? Because for so many years it was it was Alabama. It was just like that's the team you have mm -hmm. to compare yourself do you think if they pull this off they can kind of be that that new team that you have to compare yourself consistently every season yeah of course they would have to um because of what they what you just said what they've done over the years i mean i we right. thought it was going to be clemson right that was, yeah. was going to be doing this you know take the take the mantle from uh from alabama but it's been shown here in the last um few years that that uh Sure, Georgia could could be that team that can probably be the di dynasty of college football. Possibly, I, I'm I'm gonna also say I don't see it, but it could be. It could be because it's so the the uh, the college football scene is is so um what what do you say? There's so many opportunities that that might be um, yeah. for for other. Uh, perennial players to go to other teams and, and make their mark. I don't think it's like the Alabama where Alabama just gets all the players. I think they're, they're it's going to mm -hmm. be a, a lot of it's going to be 
more evened out. I think it's the reason why someone like uh, someone like Georgia is not going to be the 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 uh, the team like in Alabama, although they could. Yeah, definitely could be. So, Savon, do do you think that this could possibly possibly be be the, the next dynasty in college football? I think so, and uh, I say this for a couple reasons. One, we we see what Georgia have been through the past, you know, ten. 15 years of, you know, the Mark Rich era, then Kirby Smart's coming in there in 2016 and kind of changing the, the the mental standpoint of these players, right? Let's get back into what Georgia was feared, the running game, the RBU. Now we, let's get some quarterbacks in there. Now we bring tight ends, wide receivers, the recruiting process a little better. Now we get kids to want to come here. And now we we're seeing fruition of what Kirby Smart has put into fruition not to use fruition twice in one sentence but it's okay we got to keep going guys but no i think georgia is the new powerhouse to be able to be all sec teams this year which is crazy never last well the past two years unheard of right and then i think the, the quarterback situation after stetson bennett is going to be a good one you still have the top top tight end guys your running backs wide receivers defense still looks good after getting rid of like non-players last year so I think they're in good hands. I think they handle TCU and then they go to the next year and can repeat the cycle. It took, you know, Urban, not Urban Meyer, but Nick Saban years to yeah. build that dynasty as well. I think Kirby Smart has a good formula Absolutely. for uh, that. Yeah. And, and but before we wrap up, um, a, a very surprising uh, a bowl outcome with, with USC's blown lead versus Tulane. And it, it was one that it seemed like they definitely had it, but uh, Tulane won the Cotton Bowl 46 to 45 after overcoming multiple uh, double-digit deficits and scoring in the final seconds. Um, last year, Tulane was 2-10. Two and, two and uh, this year, they finished 12-2, uh, and two, had a great turnaround season. Um, but to you, Mr. Johnny, like, uh, what, what were your thoughts on how this game ended? I mean, obviously, USC, they had the Heisman winner. Um, yeah. But just a type of, a type of ending you, you wouldn't want uh, uh, for, for your team to have. Uh, it, 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 oh it was, gosh. like, unbelievable, to be honest with you. With with um, USC having um, again the the Heisman Trophy winner and and all those types of things, the the fact that they they, they had the the um, the tough go against uh, against Utah, right? Yeah, you know. It's, so it's um, you know it was it's, it wasn't a case where you think that that it would happen that the a situation like that would happen, but because of you know the the way things are in college football you're seeing what what uh what TCU did to uh to Michigan those types of things that that's that kind of stuff can happen i think in the in the um in the landscape of college football yeah definitely yeah. Savon, how did how did you feel about about the way that ended um obviously it, it was it seemed like one one of, one of those other games that kind of like USC was kind of kind of going to be in cruise control in the final minutes, but really fell apart at the end. Yeah, I mean, hats off to Tulane, man. <clears throat> Coming from a 2-10 and 10 season and going 12-2, to two, man, that is no small feat for sure. And what Mr. Mr. Johnny was referring to, I think every, things are on a, the leveling playing fields. You have the transfer portal. Guys can go as they please without any uh, repercussions to that. Now teams like Tulane have a chance to beat USC in a bowl game. 
right? And then you get USC who spends $10 million on their head coach and another $10 million for recruiting and all this stuff to lose to a team who was just 2-10 two and, two and ten last year. So NCAA is heading to the direction that is funny, but I love the, the leveling playing field. But man, Tulane played a heck of a – that's why you never give up until it's 0-0. Zero, zero, but to, to, zero. to the point, guys, you remember the, yeah. going back to that last point, Tyler, that's why I think um, – and you you made my point, though, Savon. That's why with Georgia being this perennial powerhouse, yeah. you know, you're talking that's, – that's the same thing I was talking about with how things can be in the, in the landscape of college football. It's going to be tough for someone to be – you know, a, a perennial powerhouse. But it's, you know, it's a difference with recruiting. You've been a recruiter for Mr. Johnny. You know, certain certain ball clubs or organizations, yeah. you know, attract different ball. When they leave, okay, that's cool. But if you get five-star, I think Georgia is still top mm-hmm. five in recruiting this for the 2023 class. So, you know, Alabama still gets the good recruits. Right. Georgia, you know, you know, those teams have the power five teams still get it. But I think the transfer portal is where it's kind of like sort of kind of mm-hmm. level the playing field. But yeah. I do get what you're saying. But I do think Georgia has a, uh, a good formula for recruiting players because they have like oh, five goodness. tight ends that could have play yeah, and start literally. anywhere uh, <laughs> in the field <laughs> <Playing on laughs> right <Sundays>. now <laughs> yeah yeah well, well mr johnny it has been an absolute pleasure uh, having you on and thanks so much for doing this thank you so much guys i appreciate it. it was fun we'll see what happens going down the stretch huh yeah definitely well that all right yeah we're gonna take a quick break <laughs> and we'll be right back Welcome back to the show, and now we're getting to the second half of our topics with our album reviews. And to start off with our first album review, Robert Glasper's Black Radio 3. Um, in his latest project, Glasper's aim is for music of comfort and soulless. Um, he's also allowed to kind of, you know, get into a beat maker a bag, and this was, you know, a successful merging and completing of multiple interests. But um, what were your thoughts on this project? Because this was one that had an array of R&B artists. Um, it had a, a, a just a lot of different type of sounds with jazz and hip-hop kind of combining um, what did you feel about the project and just, you know, what's it out to you the most? Yeah, this was dope, bro. I love the the different um, elements of music that's in here. Like you have uh, the the rap, you have the soul, you have the kind of like the pop in there. You got yeah. Mac Miller, you got PJ yeah. Morton, you got you BJ the Chicago it. Kid, Killer Mike, like. Yo, all of these, especially BJ Chicago Kid, I think he's so underrated as a singer. I listened to him live at one of the con- at a Big Crit concert. Wow! And I tell you, that man can sing. So just to be able to get all of these um, personalities, that's the test. That's yeah, the test. When it's exactly. live, when it's live, that's when you really know. Oh yeah, we see. <laughs> we see a lot of a lot of singers uh, not do so well when it's live. You know, I always go back to the Fergie <laughs> thing. <laughs> And I used to love the Black Eyed Peas, man. Uh, but no, I thought this was a this was a great album to be able to uh, collaborate with different personalities and different styles of music to be able to put this in a full length project. Yeah, it's you know it was a two. I think it was a two part one. Yeah, yeah it's two, two parts. Part, yeah, yeah, two parts. But I thought it was it was really good. Uh, some of these people that I did not know about, so I'm glad that he did have them, so I can hear that type of sound. And he had music soul child on this. I mean, who? 
he had to be sitting on his music, bro. Like, come on, it's man. So come on, this was stored up. This was stored up. Jennifer Hudson too. Like yeah. he had these songs since like 2005, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Yeba, Yeba as well. Yes, I mean, yes, like- yes, yes, yes. It was good. So that's what it was. The beauty about this that he had to. Well, he, he was able to get all of these uh, artists on here because every artist has a gem. They're they, they're a gem in their self. And to be able to put them on the same album, bro, that is, that's, that's crazy. He has- it, it definitely is. Cause he's had multiple installations of black radio. Whatever he does next is gonna, I can't wait to see what he, cause it's something you, you can continue on. Yes. I mean, like this is something you can keep going, going on with. Like, do you yes. feel as though he just kind of has the right ear for like, yeah, this artist is going to sound right here. Yes. This, this rapper, like you, you feel as one of those just like natural kind of inclinations of this is going to be the right fit for this song. Oh, for sure. And I, and I think the artist, artists trust him to be able to get this many artists. I don't know if there are, it may be songs that, like we said, he sat on and collaborated with them before. It was like, oh, I'm not going to use that. I'm going to wait for it, which I'm glad he did wait for it. But to be able, these artists be able to trust, trust him in it when they send, when he sends these, like he got Q-tip on here, bro. Q-tip is so crazily good. Like I didn't hear him on a on other track since uh Innocent Pack with the Oxner uh um beat. Bro, yeah. So I'm um, to be able to have all these artists and they have they have to trust his ear. He has a good ear for music. So I think him being able to put all these artists on one track or kind of create this ensemble to get these guys on a track is is really dope. He definitely has an ear for music for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Um and, and now moving on to our next review with C C S Armstrong's Let the People Decide. Um, in his latest album, you know, there's a mix of, of you know of soul, blues, and hip hop that kind of really utilize the new while resonating with the old. Um, what were kind of your initial thoughts on this album? You know, it had a, had a plethora of different sounds in it, and he also included a, a lot of emotional transparency. I didn't know who this guy was. To be honest, <laughs> I knew up and comer. Yeah, <laughs> what, who did you put me on? You put me on another guy that was that I started liking and listening to his music. Uh, oh, Dixon. Dixon, yeah, yeah. Dixon he, is he, another RB. Yeah, Dixon. he's he he has a that that was a great body of work. I still listen to this day. So I always got to get Wellington his flowers. If y'all have heard this podcast a thousand times, every time we do music reviews, I have to give Wellington his flowers. But no, I thought this was a a good vibe. I thought this was a a particular um, project that you really have to like clear space for. You can't be doing. This other, was one I, yeah. when I was like driving around. Like I just had to just like I gotta listen to this. I gotta, yeah. I gotta listen to this while <laughs> you have to really give it your all, and that's not yeah. that's not a bad thing because I think it really resonates, and then it's a good body of work. So like when the first song, I was like, okay, let me really give him a try. Let me really give him a listen. So I just like sat on the couch, press play, and I just like closed the eyes and let. Like, you know, let the ears take over uh, my entire body. So this, I thought it was a, a, a great body of work. I, yeah. I, it, but only thing is, wow. not, not, not this, because we talked about this before. It's like when you, you like fall in love with a project or a single of an artist, you want to go back oh, and listen to yeah. their previous music. And sometimes their previous music don't hit the same. Yeah. And I don't want to do that. And I'm 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 slow playing doing that, but I think I should because I really enjoyed his body of work. I think he's a phenomenal. Sometimes you just artist. gotta sit with the project. Yeah, Sometimes you just gotta sit with the project for a little yeah. bit. Yeah, sit yeah. with the project and then like, okay, 
All right, then Let's I'm see what I'm, else he did. Exactly. Because there's a lot of artists. I'm like, yo, okay. I see why. Okay. <laughs> I'm just finding out about you. <laughs> <laughs> Took the words right out my mouth, brother. If it wasn't for uh, Wellington Birds, I would not have heard of it. <laughs> And, and I mean, like a lot of a lot of times, like especially you know, like you said, he made you think of another artist like Dixon. Do you feel as though um, it, it that that also takes it, it? It does take time for for you to kind of warm to an artist. But even after that intro, do you feel as though this was? Because I feel it, when I first heard this project, the intro to me wasn't one that like grabbed my attention immediately. No. But as as that the rest of the album was just a straight yes. run for me. That the intro mm-hmm. the intro was literally the only thing I wasn't I wasn't a big fan of. Right. And that's why I was like, okay, let me really give him a listen. Cause out of the intro, never leave God behind. I was like, okay, that's all right. Maybe. And then, then you have to like really give it a listen, a listen. to give it a try. So when, once you do that and you do, okay, oh, okay. Second track, third track. And then you start and then it flows. Well, it's just, it's just a great body of work, but the intro. All right, bro. CS Armstrong. Probably Christopher Staten Armstrong or something. <laughs> He's definitely a Christopher. <laughs> <laughs> you better get your intro right next time, brother. Yeah, but intro the, is big for us. Intro yes, is huge. It's, huge. it's literally, literally intro to the. It has to grab us enough. Oh yeah. Who's, oh, Tyler said that the last podcast that uh, first listenability for Beyonce was was crazy. Oh yeah, he loved uh, it. She, yeah. yeah, that. So it has to be your intro has to grab us, not choke us. If you if you had a choking intro, it is that good. I don't have to listen to the rest of your album. I don't even but, want to listen to anything. Right. <laughs> if I get choked out the first song, I'm, I'm scared. I am scared for the rest. But no, uh, but at least have to grab the listener enough for us to be like, okay, this is worth my time. Just like, and I'm, I'm crazy that I'm quoting Tyler. It, you can't waste my time when it comes to music. Like, because we really love music. So if we give your music a shot, you better not disappoint us. And that goes for Wellington too, because if Wellington brings something to the table, that means he like it. Well, he, exactly. It's good enough. I'm not going to include it in the topic list. <laughs> exactly, it's good enough to make it to full scope podcast. <laughs> I learned that a long time Definitely. ago. Wellington. Long time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he likes this. He likes that. Right, yeah. Okay, I know what style of music Wellington likes. Okay. okay. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, and, and now, and I'll get into our next review with Trevor Jackson's "Show Me Diamonds" uh, EP. Um, oh. in his latest one released last November, it, it includes a, a previously shared title track, which was kind of a fusion of R and B drill. Um, Jackson said he wanted to be more vulnerable in this EP with with being um also more open in terms of the subject matter, and this was yep. also his his first project release since the the twenty twenty one Love Language um and, and an album uh, that 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 we reviewed early on. But what were your initial thoughts on this EP? Because EPs are are definitely things that it's important because it, you know it shows like what's going to be the lead up to your next body of work. Um, yeah. but but what, what, what were kind of some of your takeaways and what he was putting together for this one? I'm more and more becoming a Trevor Jackson fan and music wise. And we talked about him like eons ago, like, you know, one yeah. time you have to choose what you're going to do. Cause he's acting. Uh, acting and I think he's finally saying, okay, I did a plethora of things when it comes to film and TV shows. Like, okay. I think music is his first love. I'm just, oh, yeah. just guessing. I definitely but I thought this was really solid. I'm more and more becoming a Trevor Jackson fan. He he can sing. He has a a decent range, but I like how he writes. His writing ability is really nice. Like um 
Get to You is still one of my favorites. I thought that was a, a good and yeah. then the music video was you know he's an actor like this <laughs> into them yeah, it's an that's unfair that's unfair you can do yeah. it the music video too <laughs> right exactly so i think his his writing ability is crazy so i thought this was very solid i thought um possibly show me diamonds would have never made it i don't think i don't think i'm really a big fan of show me diamonds or, or just like yeah the 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 production of it but i like the lyrics but just the production of it, i didn't really like so i thought everything else was was solid i thought that went should have made it, but it's it's it, it trees me what other songs that he didn't want to put on there or took off or whatever. But I think that's the beauty about EPs. You get to you know get to experiment a little bit. You get to see what works and what doesn't work. So the fact the fact that you and me both love get to you just shows how toxic guys can be. Some some <laughs> things we, some things we do just to get back to at a girl like My, yeah no. I'm gonna show off I'm gonna show <laughs> for real <laughs> for real tennis <laughs> oh my gosh, that's very toxic, Wellington. Yes, it is. <laughs> but but when when you look at obviously an artist in his position, do you feel as though it takes like a couple years or maybe a few years to really pick out to for them to know like, hey, this I want to do music more than acting or acting more than music or one of those things where they, they just get to that point of like, yeah, this is what I'm really comfortable in for for my first option. I think it comes with the success of either. So, I mean, he's very successful with obviously um, Grownish, and then he yeah. played um, that movie when he had the the perm. Uh, forgot the the music. Uh, what is it called? P, not P Valley. Oh my gosh, no, uh, <laughs> uh, not that one. Oh, he was he was a priest in a movie. Like his oh. name was Priest. That movie that was a really good movie film. He's done some other stuff here and there. So I think it's. Once you see the the progression and also just the the overall success of people wanting to hear your music more, and I think right. it's a over it's it's a uh, it's a, a place where your fans are wanting you to okay, okay we we like you acting, but I think you should you know come back to music because I'm one of them because it's he dropped I think a old project probably a year or two ago. And then after that, he was just focusing on grownish. And now that yeah. he's dropping new music, it's okay. Let's go. He's gearing right. up for something else. Exactly. Yeah. So now I think you should take he take a break because you can't focus on both of them. Because yeah, one's it, gonna suffer. Exactly. So music is it's up now. So, but I think it's, it's more so just um, can can I really do this? Can I really have success at it? Absolutely. Um, and now getting to our last review with with Code of the Friends uh, memo. Um, in his new album, this was very re- reminiscent of some of his previous work, but also comes with you know with significant process. It contains um his signature neo soul and jazz inspired beats, but um the progression of the album also has a design that is just one hundred percent one hundred percent intentional and straightforward. Um and, and to me, like Coda, he really brings so much to the table as a rapper. He, he's transparent. He, he he he's a storyteller. Um and really digs deep into what his lyrics are, are trying to bring are, are trying to con- convey. Um, but what did you think about this album and, and, and you know what he was communicating throughout it? Uh, first and foremost, I love the cover art. This cover yeah. art is really dope. I thought Sorry. it was is very aesthetic. Um, second of all, yes, he's a great storyteller. He's a great storyteller, and I think he has a an incredible voice. Um, and I think he's he's a great writer. First and foremost, he has the cadence. He checks boxes. I think the the biggest thing is the storytelling that's missing. Yeah, you can. It's I feel like there's a difference between lyricism and storytelling. It 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 has similarities, but storytelling is literally like vivid. 
a vivid i can really see it and and i think lyricism you add bars in there just as well as you know and i think it's a combination of bars and being able to storytell but story just storytelling i think coda is is amazing oh, at yeah. it and i think he has that rare ability to be able to make you relate with you don't even want to relate like but i yeah i i feel every every part of that my favorite probably is he had a great intro 365 days of peace was i thought was a dope track jump man was a dope track mama t's interlude i'm a sucker for interludes I lo- yeah interludes are amazing uh soho house was good with hello shay i don't even know who that person was but it's it's great when you find out more music from other people and i know coda because of uh we we've reviewed some of his work before yeah. and then i yeah. see him um collab with uh smino a couple times yeah. um what's the, the other producer that smino works with all the time i can't forget his name escapes me but he g.i.d like shouted him out a couple times so um good friday was a good one um dad's interlude was another good one i'm a sucker for interludes but i thought this was very solid project and his storytelling is very rare like he's a yeah. great storyteller great storyteller it, it really is i mean i and i feel as though he's the type He's the type of artist who's com- who's who's comfortable with with not 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 comfortable in terms of like where he's at progressing, but mm-hmm. he doesn't have as bit of as big of an audience as other artists do. Do you feel as though he kind of is on it is probably like in his own niche element, knowing hey, this is this is who I can 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 really communicate to, and yeah. I don't really have to get any bigger or, or or even get on a wider wider scale to get to where I want to get to. You know, some artists don't even want that. Some artists just just doing it because they love to do music. And eventually he'll probably do get the the fan base or the bigger fan base yeah. or the more recognition from uh, other artists uh, around in the industry. But to, if you're in a nice groove and you're just loving to do music and people just gravitate to it, that's a win, bro. Some of, these, <clears throat> some of these guys just do music just to, to tell their story or just be able to vent or just like it's a, it's an escape. So if, so if people gravitate to you just being able to invent and be creative, that's a win. Sometimes you don't need like I tell I say I said this before. Boz is another one. He's literally yeah. the Tim Duncan of rap. Oh yeah, he's so consistent, big fundamental. Doesn't really care about the the accolades or the numbers. He just does music, and it, like that's the beauty of it. Like if people love it, that's cool. But I know I love my music. So I think Coda, Coda uh, the friend, probably thinks the same way. Like, I'm just, like, telling my piece. I'm just telling my story. Yeah, tell my story. That's it. If you don't gravitate to it, fine. If you do, thumbs up, <laughs> That's <bud>. a win. <laughs> it's a win. Definitely. Um, and, and there were a couple of things I wanted to, to, to get to before we close out. This year, are there any particular artists or any albums that, that, that you're, like, I could, I, could, I, could, I could use this. I'm looking forward to this and anticipating. Um, at the at the top of the year, I need a Drake and Lil Baby collaboration. Since you want to give us that Twenty One Savage crap, I need that. You um, want him to do another collab album? <laughs> yeah, with Lil Baby this time, and it's gonna be fire. Okay. because every time they collab, it's insane. It's insane. It's so good. Um, I'm looking for a. I need another Kendrick album. Yes, I was about to mention. I was about to mention yeah. because New York Times just mentioned him as the greatest rapper of this generation. Do Do you agree? Yes. He's the full package. He's yeah. the He's the full Every, package. Full yeah. skill. Full skill set. 
Yeah, Drake Drake is amazing, but when it comes to just yeah, Drake is an like and Drake is an amazing rapper. Like I think he's yeah, one of the, take, one of the yeah. best we've ever had, but Kendrick. he can do anything as an artist. And I and I think Kendrick's more focused on just strictly rap right. than, than, than than Drake would be. But he gives us that, you know, mm. you know, student I mean radio stuff and all that, but I think subject matter matters and i hate to say that matters when it comes to hip-hop and i think kendrick is the embodiment of hip-hop so he literally is the best rapper of our generation and j cole is number two and i put j cole number two because i think kendrick is a better writer than j cole j cole has he don't get me wrong j cole is that guy but when it comes to kendrick it's a it's different it's it seems effortless, but anywho, but I want to, uh, <laughs> I want that. I want another Kendrick album with baby Kim, baby Kim. Sorry. Uh, I think that's coming. Yeah. I definitely see a collab album with them. With them coming. I need, Ooh, there's two more artists. I need a reason album. Another reason album. Oh yeah. Uh, one more. I'll give you one more. I'm looking forward to, whew, Ooh, I'm looking forward for for this is a shot in the dark with Frank Ocean. If Frank Ocean drops something this year, I think that would be special. That man's still a nurse. He ain't worried about. It. <laughs> He's supposed to come out last year with something. Come on, bro. Or man. Rihanna. I mean, you're performing the Super Bowl, so I mean, I know you got some new music coming. Rihanna it better, it better be that better than that one single she just dropped. Yeah. That was a that, that's not that was not a Rihanna single. That was not a the, the Rihanna single we needed. <laughs> what are you trying to be an activist, bro? Like, <laughs> bro, that's not your lane, bro. <laughs> that's not your lane in the music. Why, why, why? That's what you supposed to give us. Don't give us a no. Uh, I can't remember how the song goes. That's how bad it was to me. <laughs> a lot of people loved it, but I just didn't love it. But I'm not even looking for a Rihanna, Rihanna album. Uh, Rihanna's music thing. I'm so numb. She hasn't dropped music in so long, and you dropped that. I'm not waiting for anything. Uh, <laughs> singles, singles matter, guys. Singles matter. Singles, <laughs> singles matter. matter. Ooh, give me. Oh my gosh. I think another J Cole album. I can. I, I, I mm. can use that. Yeah, now you can't. It. Man, you're off. Yeah. You're off, J Cole. <laughs> That last album, bro. The off season, I can't off-season believe you didn't like did off-season. not hit for me, bro. It did not hit for me. Oh, a Murray, a Murray album. Because I oh, saw, yes. I saw a recent yeah, interview yeah. of him. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, I, I, I was green. I was green as well. Yeah, Murray definitely. That would be that would be dope. I watched a uh, recent interview with him. I forgot who <clears throat> who was interviewing, but he was talking about he was been ready for an album, and he was like. Like he'll always uh hit up J. Cole and be like, hey bro, I got this album. And he'll like, yeah, send it over. He was like, bro, you're not ready. Like to to J. Cole, he was like, bro, it hurts, but I need that. But I he was like, Man, I finally got something I think is ready. And they in the interview said, like, have you sent it to Cole? He was like, No, but I want to surprise him how good it is. So I think he's gonna drop it this year. So I'm looking for Murray Allen. Like a full yeah. body of work. Because yeah. he's been dropping singles here and there, but I want to hear a full body of work. Are you really ready for it? Are you going to capitalize on what you've done so far, or are you going to mildew? So that's what I'm ready for. Yeah, we're 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 definitely waiting on that one. That that, that one because when J Cole says it's not ready, you can you, you definitely. I mean, he's a barometer for that, for that type of music. Yes. Um, 
But hopefully it's a, it's a surprise that J. Cole likes. <laughs> yeah, and everybody else too, so. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, that wraps it up for tonight. I'm your host, Wanda Burns, on my kind of our Save by Morse. This has been Full Scope. See you later.